Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Keith Caulfield, and I am the co-director of charts at Billboard. Joining me is Billboard.com senior editor Katie Atkinson. Hello, Katie. Hi, Keith. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. How was your long weekend? Um, not really that long. <laughs> I was a little busy this weekend for was, uh, the charts team. It was uh, it was uh, Adele giving. <laughs> it's it all about it's all uh. it's all about Adele. Um, there was a little time off, but it was that's most, good. That's good. I, I spent a lot of time in front of my laptop. Oh, that is not good. <laughs> yeah, but it's the most wonderful time of the year. Oh, this is true. Because, the Christmas music has begun. Yeah. And also the most wonderful time of the year because it's just like nonstop deadlines because, you know, um, you know, every major album comes out at, you know, sort of Thanksgiving, Christmas time. And there's just a lot of uh, it's the most wonderful time and also the most busy time of the year. <laughs> yes, this is true. Was your was your weekend nice? Oh, it was delightful. It was a very sporty weekend because uh, my Michigan State Spartans played in Anaheim, California this weekend. So I got to see them play basketball twice, which oh, was awesome. Wow! Yeah, don't get that. Don't don't get to see them very often in uh, Southern California. So that sport ball you're talking sport about? Sport ball. <laughs> I love sports. I, <laughs> Go sports! Yay sports! <laughs> yay sports! <laughs> no idea. Um, all right. Well, um, the Billboard Pop Shop podcast, which is presented by Audible this week, is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the week's big pop news, fun chart stats and stories, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. On this week's show, we interviewed Allie Brooke from Fifth Harmony. Yes. Yay. Katie, you actually talked to Allie. I did. I had such a good conversation with Allie, and uh, you know, she actually called in because um, November was a Prematurity Awareness Month, and Allie was born a preemie. And so she's working with the March of Dimes to uh, to help their cause. But, you know, since this is the Pop Shop podcast, we obviously had to get in plenty of music questions, too. So we talked about their sophomore album, which they're working on now, following up the success of Worth It, and being named Group of the Year at Billboard's Women in Music event. So lots of fun stuff to look forward to. Mm, yay! Uh, plus, it's basically an all-Adele edition of the show. <laughs> Um, I should have asked Allie about Adele, too, just to really get the Adele plugged into every part of the show. Allie, what do you think of Adele? Yeah. <laughs> have you purchased Adele's album yet? Would you like to work with Adele? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah it's just, uh, it's nothing but Adele this week, uh, for the most part. I mean, there's going to be a little bit of other stuff. But, I mean, with a historic week like the one we just had with Adele's new album, 25, debuting on the Billboard 200 at number one with a bajillion copies sold. Oh, yes. 
we kind of have to talk about it, and there's so many things to say about it. So we'll talk all about that. Um, plus, did anything else debut on the charts? <laughs> Stay tuned. Stay to find tuned. Out. <laughs> we might tell you. Um, some first, uh, but first, some housekeeping notes. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe to the show on iTunes so you won't miss an episode, and give us a rating or review while you're at it. If you have any questions for us, feel free to tweet us at Keith underscore Caulfield or at KT Atkinson. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit iTunes.com slash Billboard Podcasts. Everything's coming up, Adele. Uh, <laughs> she's, she's, I, I know this is going to be so ridiculous. Literally, like everything in the show is going to be almost about Adele. <laughs> Um, so she's still number one on the Billboard Hot 100 uh, with Hello, the first single from the album. Plus, she has four other songs on the chart. I think people might be surprised that, like, not the entire album is on the chart. Like Justin Bieber accomplished yeah. with his album last he had, week. Yeah, he had, Justin had, what, 17 songs on the yeah, 100 a week Yeah, 17 ago? of the 18 of his deluxe edition of Purpose. Well, see, here's the difference. Uh, one, uh, Adele's album was not available to stream on any streaming services. Right. So that already is going to be uh, a hinder. Yeah. <laughs> um, the only song from the album that was available on any streaming services was Hello. Yes. Uh, so th- that helps. So the other songs that are on the chart are all on the chart from uh, basically track sales uh, or and, and or a little bit of airplay that they might have received. Okay. So the other songs from Adele uh, that debut this week are uh, When We Were Young at number 22. Which she's been performing quite a bit. Right. That was the one that she did. It On was, SNL. Yeah. And she and before that, there was the one where she did like some, like at a studio. It was a studio recording and they played it on 60 Minutes um, Australia, was it? 60 Minutes Australia. And that's where it got the pick yeah, up from? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And then they put that on YouTube so you could watch that whole video and hear that song before the album came out. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Water Under the Bridge debuts at number 70. Uh, Send My Love to Your New Lover, which she's performed on SNL as well, I think. I don't think so. Not on SNL. She's performed that somewhere. I think she has, yeah. And that's like my favorite song title of all time. It's it's, (laughs) It's like very very Loretta Lynn. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. We'll talk about Loretta Lynn more next week, probably after the uh, Women in Music event. Absolutely, which is, Women in Music is this Friday, December eleventh. December, oh, not no, this Friday. Next, next Friday. Yep. Um, and then also Remedy debuts at number eighty-seven. I like on my notes it says Remedy number eighty-seven, number eighty-seven. Just making sure that I <laughs> just really number eighty-seven. Just really trying to get across the idea that it was really <laughs> number eighty-seven. Um, but I think most of the focus this week was on the album. Yes. Uh, <laughs> for obvious reasons. Yes. I have, I, I have to say, I've probably written uh, probably a story a day since like last Saturday. So for like basically a daily story for like the past like ten days about Adele. Um, People have been hungry for this information, so and each story does really well. So yes. it's not like I mean, there's always something new to report. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think the big huge number is that it did three point three eight million copies. In its first week. Um, that is the week ending November 26th in the United States, according to Nielsen Music. That, now, that is 3.38 million copies in traditional, pure album sales. That's not our fancy overall consumption number. Mm-hmm. That is just plain old albums. Um, that, of course, is the single largest sales week for an album since Nielsen began tracking point-of-sale music purchases in 1991. Uh, that beats the previous record held by NSYNC's No Strings Attached when it debuted with 2.42 million in the week ending March 26th, 
2000. Also, 25 is the only album to sell more than 3 million copies in a single week. Um, to, to put even a finer point on it, I don't think anyone ever thought NSYNC's record would ever be broken yeah, again. Yeah, just the way the record industry has changed since then. Like, that was 15 years ago. Yeah, yeah. And for us... It, 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 exact, hi, exactly. Exactly. No, I mean... The, Those uh, noises you just made pretty much sum it up. <laughs> album, album sales have, like, fallen off a cliff repeatedly right, right. in the past 15 years. Right. So for her to even sell a million copies mm-hmm. was, a, like, a, a mammoth idea. Just yep. how... Ooh. And I think... And I, I think I've said this before, but I'm not sure. Maybe I'll say it again. Mm-hmm. Um, in the past, like, few years, when 21, Adele's last album, really started to take off, people began to wonder, A, could her follow-up do a million? Right. Um, and also, B, could any artist do a million copies? Like, those were the two questions that were happening. Like, could any artist sell a million copies of an album? And because the last, uh, the last I think it was three or four times, it, they have been Taylor Swift. Yeah. And then one of those times was Lady Gaga's Born This Way album in 2011. Which has a bit of an asterisk next to it. Big asterisk. Um, no shade. Uh, but uh, her album's first week was heavily goosed by a, wasn't it, 99 cents? 99 cents. 99 cents at Amazon um, MP3. Um, so it probably wouldn't have sold a million copies. It still would have had a really great first yeah. week. But it, it may not have sold a million copies. So there's an asterisk there. So really, if we just look at it like plain old normal album sales, where things aren't 99 cents, it's been like Taylor, Taylor, Taylor. Yeah. Taylor Swift. So well, can an artist other than Taylor Swift ever sell Could anyone a other than Taylor yeah. Swift? And I think the con- the concept was, oh, Adele could. Yeah. And then as I wrote in one of my stories, I said, well, that was the first achievement. Like, can she do a million? Yep. Okay, well, could she maybe you know, beat Britney Spears's single week female 1. record. 1.6? 1. 1.32. 1.32. I'm giving 1.32. Uh, for Oops, I Did It Again. Mm-hmm. And then I think before the album, before 25 came out, industry forecasters were like, oh yeah, that's going to happen. Like, yeah. Can we go for 1.5? Can we go for um, two? Yeah, we even had the headline that was like, it's definitely going to sell a million. What about two? Question mark, which we would make fun of, but now is not, you know, but is it, actual. It seemed hilarious. Yeah, exactly. It's, it did. It just seemed like, oh, come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. I'm like, no, no album has even sold two million copies in the entirety of 2015. Right. Like, not a single album has sold two million copies in 2015, except for 25. Um, <laughs> it, it is the only album... Uh, to sell more than 2 million copies in 2015, and it did it all in one week. Yeah. It's the only one to do more than 3 million in a week. It became, like, the best-selling album of the year after, like, two or three days of sales ba- Yeah, ba- ba- basically, yeah, like, probably, like, three days. Yeah. Um, I, I don't have that particular yeah. statistic. Um, what else can we say? Um, <laughs> Just so much. Here's a fun one. Um, 41% of all albums sold in America last week were actually Adele's 25. So there were 8.2 million albums sold in the U.S. Of those 8.2 million, 3.38 million of them were all yeah. 25. And so, did I see, like, not to put you on the spot, but I heard this on the radio on the way in, uh-oh. that albums number two through like 80 something on our billboard 200 if you add all of their sales together it would equal 
Adele's uh, 25 sales. Not quite. Um, on our top album sales chart, which is our chart that just measures traditional just, yeah. album sales, um, 25 is obviously number one. <laughs> if you take the combined sales of numbers two through 100 on that chart, wow. which is the whole chart. Yes. <laughs> They would add up to 1.48 million. What? <laughs> so you'd have to more than double. Oh my! Everything God. from two to 100. Yeah. Take that, add it together, <laughs> times it by two, add in some more, <laughs> and then then you'll get 25. Get to Adele's numbers. <laughs> what I actually wow. did was, um, our chart doesn't run that deep, so I actually had raw data from Nielsen. Okay. And it goes to number 500. Okay. I added up numbers two through 500 of the overall top-selling yeah. albums, and it still would not add up oh to Adele. Oh, my God. So it's even more ridiculous than I heard. That's crazy. Yes. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. <laughs> that definitely puts it in perspective. Um, uh, Sorry, everybody else who's had an album this week. <laughs> basically. Um, fun fact. Uh, if we, if we, let's go with this. If there are 10,080 minutes in a week, you know, 60 minutes in an hour, 24 hours in a day, Mm -hmm. 24 times seven. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, there are (laughs) 3.38 million copies of 25 that were sold Mm -hmm. in that period. If, if we assume that that would mean 335 copies of 25 were sold every minute last week. Oh my goodness. Wow. Which you could really amplify that number on certain times of the week. Because, like, on the first day, it did, like, more than 900,000 just at iTunes alone in yeah. America. So, like, the iTunes servers were probably, like, you know, to the <laughs> max, like, yeah. collapsing under yeah. the weight of Adele's 25. If they survived that, then their servers are good. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, they found if, out. If, yeah. If, they can, <laughs> if you can survive the release of Adele's 25, you can survive anything. Um Goodness gracious. I'm literally just looking through pages and pages of things that I wrote. <laughs> um, the album sold 1.71 million compact discs last week, 1.64 million digital albums. Hey, and 22,000 copies on vinyl LP. Wow, look at that. Which, you know, I kind of thought that it would set a record for vinyl album sales, but it didn't? It didn't? No. Hmm. It's the third biggest week in Nielsen history. Wow. Okay. Uh, behind the uh, debuts of Pearl Jam's Vitalogy. Okay. Uh, it did 34,000. Uh, interestingly, fun fact for Chart Geeks, which you, if you're Chart Geek, you probably already know this, but back when Pearl Jam's Vitalogy was released, it came out on vinyl for two weeks. First. First. I did not know that. Before the cassette and CD I came can't out. call myself a chart geek, apparently. <laughs> so it, it actually charted That's on the Billboard amazing. 200 just from vinyl sales that first day. So those Pearl Jam fans who needed to hear it, they had to do vinyl. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, back then in the early 90s, yeah. that was really, I mean, no one was buying vinyl. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, it kind of existed, but not really. Yeah. Um, and then the biggest week for a vinyl album in Nielsen music history was Jack White's Lazaretto. It debuted with 40,000 vinyl LPs. Wow. Um, and his Third Man Records really pushes the vinyl. And oh, yeah. They've got, like, the vinyl club where you can get vinyl sent to you every Are you a month. member of this club? I am not, but yeah. I, have, I have friends who are, so I, I hear about it. Yes, that, that club helped sales uh, to a degree, but also the fact that he got a lot of press just from how that album was really tricked out. Mm. Like, if you held it at a certain angle, it spoke to you in tongues. <laughs> like, you know, it it like makes pizza for you. And like, if you... If this you, is all true. Well, not really. But I mean, there was like, the, the vinyl itself, there were like so many the like... packaging was So many insane. goodies on it. Yeah. Like, yeah. if you play it at a certain speed, you get a different song. There's a song that's on the inside groove or... That's I don't know. That's cool. Um, but it... So yeah, anyway... 
25 sold 22,000 final albums, which is pretty Still good. Still to be in the top three of that is, is pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, goodness gracious. Well, those are, I think those are the big, big salient points <laughs> of the few. <laughs> Should we see how our Billboard.com uh, readers uh, did yeah. in their predictions? We had some, we, had some we, we put some polls together, Katie, didn't we? Yes. Um, Keith helped me come up with some questions for uh, a few polls for Billboard.com and, last week. And w- the, the one that's sort of sales heavy was actually posted before the album came out, right? It was the day. The it day. was the release day of 25, so Friday last week, or, and you know, a week and we, we, we came up with these questions... Uh, you know, before we kind of realized just how mammoth the sales would be. So some of the questions seem a little cute now. Yeah, they're, they're quaint. <laughs> they're quaint. They're quaint questions now. Um, the first one was just straight up, will Adele's 25 break NSYNC's record? Yeah. Which obviously it did in what, three, was it three or four days? Four days. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, so that was just a yes or no question. And our readers did a good job on this one. <laughs> they predicted 83% predicted that, yes, they, that she would beat NSYNC's record. And do we have how many people actually participated in this poll? Oh, we, I do, oh man, I do at my desk. I don't. Do, do you recall if it was a significant number? No, I actually I didn't even look at that. I just looked at the percentages, but I, I remember totally was, could look at the numbers. There was a boatload of comments on this particular story. Oh my goodness! Yes, so hundreds. I think there was comments. a lot of engagement on this particular poll. There so, was. So this wasn't like just ten people. Answering oh no, the question. this was this was a lot of people. Okay. And the next one, we really broke it down into figures and asked people how many copies will Adele's Twenty Five sell in its first week. And started with the adorable less than one million. Yeah. And only 1% chose that, so oh, that's good. good. They were smart. But I'll tell you what the top three answers were. The number one answer was 2.5 million to 3 million. Very close. <laughs> 31% chose that. The number two answer was only 2 million to 2.5 million. 22% guessed that. And the number three answer was the correct answer, over 3 million. Oh. 20% chose that. Hmm. So, um, you know... They knew it was going to be big, but really people did not have an idea that it was going to be three million big. Yeah. You can tell by this poll. Um, Okay. The next two questions are ones we're going to have to revisit on uh, the future Pop Shop podcast because one is, will it sell a million copies in two or more weeks? Mm. So we got to wait till next week's figures to find that out. Yeah. I'm I'm trying my darndest right now to get some- uh, Predictions. Some some, uh, industry forecasters to share with me and also to see if we can get some, perhaps some- some daily reporting from Nielsen, because that's what we did throughout last week. We had um, Nielsen was able to do some uh, uh, some quick math to, to make some magic happen, and we were able to report some quasi you know daily sales yeah. on, on Adele. So I'm curious. I want to know what it's going to do this uh, week. Evidently, it's it's Black Friday sales were like off the chain. Oh, good so, call. Oh uh, my god, and it's that- totally going to do another million. <laughs> I'm guessing very like without Kate, any information. Katie's like, I'm guessing. I'm like, we don't know <laughs> yet. Do we do not know? By the time we finish recording this, I may have some sort of actual knowledge. So stay tuned to Billboard.com. Um, and the final question was, how many weeks will it be number one on the Billboard 200? We got one under its belt. Yep, got one. And uh, twenty. How many uh, weeks was twenty one at uh, number one? Twenty one was uh, number one for twenty four non consecutive weeks. That's that's a hard record to beat. So we'll see. But this album could do it, or maybe it sold everything in its first week. Well, that, yeah, that, <laughs> that 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 could be it too. You know, twenty one had a had a long life because people continued to discover the yeah. album on a weekly basis for, you know, over a year. The the difference with 25 obviously is that you have that this incredible you know popularity rolling into the first week where you know if you 
you probably know who Adele is. Yeah. So you, you're probably going to buy the album in There's the first gonna week or two. There's not going to be that discovery like right. there was last time. Yeah. So the challenge is, you know, uh, will you have sort of a sustained long like longevity on the chart? Or will everyone that wanted to buy you buy you yeah. in the first like month or two? Which I mean... Do you want the long record for, like, number of weeks at number one? Or do you want this insane, like, out-the-gate record that she has? You know, like, you can't, I guess you, I was going to say you can't do both, but Adele might be able to. I think, you know, and also with the way the chart works now, the Billboard 200, because it is a overall popularity chart that is based on uh, overall consumption in terms of units, where we blend album sales with uh, track uh, purchases and streaming uh, streaming units, uh, the album could have a very long chart life ahead of it. And also, it's so far ahead of everything else, yeah. like millions of units away. Like, it could just have a traditional normal erosion for the next, Well, and like, it's like, will it be a big Christmas seller, or will everyone assume that whoever wants it has it? You know, is a grandma going to buy this album for her grandkid and... The kid's going to be like, yeah, yeah, I got this got it. week one, like everybody else did. Got three copies already. <laughs> Thanks, Grandma and Aunt Liz and Uncle Joe. It's like every stocking will have a copy of 25 in it. Well, I didn't know if you had the Target edition. Right, exactly. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> double up. Um, double up. Um, goodness. Well, boy, oh, boy. Oh, did we have, didn't we have another poll about yes. what picked the next single from and Adele's actually, album? And um, when you were uh, reporting on the Hot 100, uh, you mentioned the four songs from 25 yeah. that uh, were on the chart. And so we did a poll that was, what do you think the next single should be after Hello? And it's the other three songs that were on the Hot 100 this week. So actually, I guess people were kind so of when we were on young. top of it the number one choice was when we were young which huh. makes sense since that was the first one we heard in full after hello right and uh 31 percent chose that uh the number two choice was water under the bridge 20 percent chose that and number three was the beautifully titled send my love parenthetical title to your new lover at uh 19 percent hmm. yep when i listen to audible i'm not flying to my third sales meeting this month I'm on a romantic date with my vampire boyfriend, Pierre. That pale skin, those dark, mysterious eyes, and those pointy teeth. Take me away, Pierre! Ma'am? I want to become queen of the night! Ma'am! Something to drink? Water, please? Audible. Stories that surround you. More than 180,000 audio titles, and your first download is free at audible.com. What else do we want to know about uh, Adele? Anything else to ask me about Adele? I'm wondering if anything else might have been on the charts other than <laughs> Adele this week. Funny you should ask, <laughs> Katie. Um, actually, yes. There, there, there are some other albums that debut on the Billboard 200 this week. Um, it, strangely enough, people did not completely avoid the November 20th release day, though some people did. Uh, November 20th was the day that 25 came out. In addition, Jadakiss's new album came out. Sure. Top five, Dead or Alive, debuts in the top five. No, it is indeed top five. That would have been really embarrassing if it had ended up in number six. <laughs> top 12. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's his first album, I want to say, since like 2009 or something ridiculous. Yeah, that ridiculous. sounds right. It's been like, I think it's been like six years. Um, debuts in number four on the Billboard 200. Inya is back on the charts. Yes. Uh, her new album, Dark Sky Island, debuts at number eight on the Billboard 200. Um, I actually have a uh, statistic in here somewhere. Hold on one moment, please, while I find it. Um, 
She returns to the top 10 for the first time in seven years. Uh, the new album debuts at number eight. Uh, the set is her first collection of new recordings since the holiday effort and winter came. <laughs> Uh, I wonder how she would actually say any of these words. Dog Sky Island. She's she's is she Irish? I think believe she's Irish. Oh man, I don't know. Inya is just an entity. It's she's a, this she's this pop she, entity that just sort of floats in. She comes from the atmosphere. She comes she comes <laughs> from the ether. Um, her uh, holiday effort and winter came debuted and peaked at number eight back in uh, November of two thousand eight. Before that, she hit the top ten with Amarantine. Ooh. Number six in 2005, A Day Without Rain. Number two in 2011, it actually reached its peak, uh, believe it or not, um, uh, like a year after it came out, um, because A Day Without Rain included the song Only Time. Oh, yeah. Which became kind of a post-9-11 memorial kind of anthem. Right. Um, and also, there was a mashup of it that had Friends dialogue, too, I remember at one point. Wow. <laughs> yeah, two different things. Two very different things. That really is a sign of the times. <laughs> yeah. And then before that, she hit the top ten with The Memory of Trees back in 1996. I enjoy Inya. Of course. Who doesn't? Who doesn't want to hear Inya while getting their teeth cleaned? Uh, <laughs> that's when I think I, that's when I hear Anya in really? elevators and doctor's offices <laughs> yes that's where I hear her most I think I think there's a certain timeless quality to her music oh yeah where you you it's it's you can't place it yes and I think it is um it's it's always interesting and different and good um I'm not like an Anya geek by any stretch of the imagination, but I, it's like it, it's it's nice. You to appreciate have, her. I appreciate Inya. Yes. I really love that darn Orinoco Flow song. <laughs> Who doesn't? Um, everyone loves May It Be. Don't from, forget Sail Away. That's Orinoco Flow. Oh, is that what it's called? Yeah. Oh man! Sail now away, I'm showing my Anya. Um, yeah, yeah. My Anya knowledge just came out. Well, we should probably move on then, <laughs> uh, because you don't know about Anya. <laughs> oh, sorry, um, Anya. That's all right. Um. Nothing really major came out last Friday, I don't think. So it looks like I'm sure Adele will be number one again easily. Yeah. yeah. I think this Friday we've got a new Chris Brown album. Yeah, Choice which Savon. was supposed to be Black Friday and he moved it. Oh. So this week, yeah. Um, Choice of On, Coldplay comes out this Friday. Yes, it does. Um, we still have that, that, that Will It Actually Come Out album by Rihanna. At some point, yep, that's still hanging. We'll see. <laughs> well, maybe yeah. stay tuned. Stay tuned. Um, that may or may not come out at some point. Hopefully soon. <laughs> we don't know. Um, I think it's time now for our interview with Allie Brook. I think so too. Um, Katie, tell me all about this because you talked to her. Yeah. So um, Allie from Fifth Harmony called us to talk about Prematurity Awareness Month in November. Any of the harmonizers who follow her on social media have seen all the posts she's put up around the cause. And she was born a preemie, and she's working with the March of Dimes to help families like hers deal with all the issues of premature birth. But, of course, we had to get into the music, too, and there was a lot to talk about because she and the rest of Fifth Harmony are back in the studio recording the follow-up to their debut album, Reflection. And Allie told us the ladies had a lot more input this time into songwriting and song selection. She even talked about how they put a ballad on this album that they didn't really have any ballads on their first one, and they really wanted to do some ballads. So Hmm. slow it down a little bit. Um, she also talked about the success of their single Worth It, which got all the way up to number 12 on the Billboard Hot 100. And finally, that they are our group of the year at the Billboard Women in Music event, which takes place on December 11 next week. And it airs December 18th on uh, Lifetime for the first time. So we had to talk about that honor and rubbing elbows with Lady Gaga. 
Selena Gomez, Demi Lovato, and all the other honorees. So here is our interview with Miss Allie Brooke. Every day is payday. Swipe my card, then I do the name. You're talking to a late date. I want a Kanye, yeah, not a late date. Hello, Allie Brooke, and welcome to the Pop Shop Podcast. Hey, thank you so much for having me, girl. Yeah, thanks for joining us today. You know, you and uh, Fifth Harmony have been guests before on the podcast, but this is your first time here all by yourself um, because you have something very close to your heart to talk about. So what can you tell us about your work with with March of Dimes around Prematurity Awareness Month? Yes. Uh, Well, I'm so excited that I'm able to be working with March of Dimes because um, my personal story is uh, when I was born, I was born a premature baby. I was about, uh, yeah, definitely about like six weeks early. And um, I was born one pound, 14 ounces, which is really crazy. I was so tiny that I could fit into my dad's hands. He would literally carry me in his hand. Um, And the doctor came out when I was born, and he said, hey, you have two good things going for you. You know, don't have a cat. And he was like, one, she's a girl, and girls do better than boys as far as, you know, surviving and um, as far as uh, just health-wise. And two, she came out screaming, which was unheard of because her lungs should not have been developed. Um, so that is my personal story. And um, knowing what my family went through as far as, you know, being really, of course, scared and nervous, um, and, you know, me fighting through every single day to survive. I really, really, really wanted to be able to help other families um, like mine to be able to um, help babies and families who are going through this and, and who, are, who are struggling um, of having a premature baby. And you mentioned that you came out screaming. Were your parents pretty sure that you were going to do something important with those lungs one day? <laughs> Well, it's funny because they they like to joke that I came out singing instead of screaming. <laughs> so they always say that. It's really cute. <laughs> yeah, and what can uh, what can your harmonizers do to to help with the cause? Yeah, well, they can go to marchofdimes.org to find out what they need to know about premature birth. Um, there are a lot of opportunities to to donate, volunteer and to what to save little babies like me. You know, it's a big time for you and Fifth Harmony. You guys uh, just finished a European tour, and, and now you're working on the follow-up to Reflection. So how's it been to get back in the studio and, and start making new music again and, and start looking toward that next album? It's been really, really great. I mean, this time around, we're very adamant about what we want and um, we make sure that our voice is being heard. We're very hands-on on the type of sound we want and the type of message we want to portray and also just the lane that it's going. And it's really, it's a lot of fun. Um, we're experimenting a lot. We're creating a lot. Um, and we're really happy because we, we're actually being able to really contribute um, with what we want. And as far as the sound, the sound ranges from pop, R&B, urban, there's a little bit of even reggae feel to it, even a little bit of kind of the electronic sound that you're hearing a lot today on the radio. It's really, really fun, and we're incorporating more harmonies, and we're being able to sing, which is, <laughs> which is so important. <laughs> yeah, and you said you're so able... 
you said you're able to contribute a little bit more. Does that mean that you're kind of bringing in your own stories and actually collaborating with songwriters and, and getting in at the songwriting process? Yes, for sure. I mean, we were able to more so talk to the songwriters, you know, about the topics that we want to talk about. You know, of course, keeping the, the girl power theme and also just the, the self-empowerment theme, as well as talking about love and heartbreak having the time with your friends and, um, you know, conference like that. Um, but we've been able to talk to the writers and say, hey, you know, this is what we like, this is um, the way we want to go in, and they've been really good at collaborating with us. And also, um, if we don't like a lyric, we've been able to tweak it on our own, kind of be like, hey, let's do this word instead. So it's been a really, really great this time around. That's really exciting. It sounds like it's going to be a lot more personal this time, which is great for your fans, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. The good thing is, um, well, what we wanted especially was to, because we didn't have a lot of vulnerability and a lot of, actually I don't think we even had really any balance on the Reflection album, it was really important for us to be like, hey, guess what? We are having a ballad. Um, on this album, and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> we're all on the same page. We wanted to be more dynamic, for sure. Um, and that's what we're doing, and I'm so excited to be able to hear it. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, you had your first uh, top 20 hit on the Billboard Hot 100 this year with Worth It. Um, when you were making Reflection, did you guys have any idea that that was going to be the one that was going to be the breakout song? Oh, my goodness. No, well, I remember... The day we heard it in the studio, um, our A and R played it for us. She pressed bass bar, and then the first thing we hear was. Do you feel any sort of pressure from that? Like you need to repeat that success again with that song? Um, no, not really. At the end of the day, we just want to make music that's authentic to us. Yeah, and um. Kind of just portray that to the to the world and to our audience, and we really hope that people get a true representation of who we are on this album. And obviously, we want it to be um, successful and hopefully um, help us grow even more. But at the end of the day, we want to make music that's true to us. And the hits that will be awesome. yeah, <laughs> the, the hits will just come. <laughs> um, <laughs> and since and since we're on with Billboard, we have to congratulate you for. Um, being named Group of the Year at this year's Billboard Me Women in Music. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you guys for that. Like, that was unbelievable. I mean, I just, there are really no words, but we're, we're just so honored and so extremely thankful. I'm thank thankful to the Billboard for constantly supporting us, thankful to our fans for being so passionate and, and loyal as they are. Uh, thankful to everybody who's really supported us and believed in us. Well, it's very much deserved, and, I mean, it's been a huge year for you guys. What What has this year meant for you and the group? And, you know, obviously you've earned this this Group of the Year title. What is What is the year meant for you personally? The year, this year has been crazy. It's been the, probably the craziest year of my life. <laughs> um, you know, we've been through so much as a group, as people, and as artists, and, of course, trying to find our sound and who we are and um, – the fact that we had um, a hit and, oh, my gosh, all these doors just kind of opened and, and so many of our favorite artists we've been able to meet and interact with and, 
and even get uh, comments from them. Having our fan base grow and having them constantly support us. Uh, we were just in Europe and we were able to have a tour over there. There's so much to be thankful for and for us, I mean, it's all, for me, it's about gratitude, you know, yeah. because not a lot of people get this opportunity. And we know what we've been through. We know how hard we've worked. And to be here is so amazing. And we're just, I'm taking in every single moment, and I'm just so thankful. So thank you to everybody out there who supported us, seriously. And at that event next month, you're going to be rubbing elbows with some serious superstars. Uh, there's going to be Lady Gaga, Missy Elliott, Loretta Lynn, um, just legends and, and fellow female um, <laughs> <laughs> musicians. I know. <laughs> Who are you most excited to see and to meet? And, I mean, also, you know, people that you've obviously come up with, Selena Gomez, Demi Lovato, they're all there, too. Like, who are you most excited to see? Uh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I mean, everybody you named, really. I mean, there's so much talent in there. Girl power. I'm just so proud of of all of us and what we've been able to achieve um, this year. Um, it would be really, really cool to see um, Selena. I really admire her and, and personally, I'm a big fan of her and especially um, everything she stood up for. And she, um, like me, has a lot of faith. And I think that's so awesome. And she's able to do what she loves still and be in the music industry. It's so great. Um, Lady Gaga, too, we like her one time, randomly ran into her at the studio, and she was really nice, um, but obviously we were both working, so it was very, very, very brief, but to be able to kind of see her in person and hopefully be able to talk to her would be so amazing, because she's another extraordinary talent, um, and that's going to be crazy to be in the same room as her. Also, Demi, of course, she's had an insane year. Her talent is, like, so, so big too it's, it's crazy I mean the list can go on and on really yeah it'll be a fun night <laughs> it, I know it's such a good group of women so yeah it'll be it'll be a great night um and you know just to to wrap things up uh uh do you kind of hope that you know in your work with March of Dimes and in your bandmates work with other charities that you'll kind of inspire the harmonizers to do the same in their own communities and get out there and kind of you know pick a cause and and stand behind it Oh my gosh, of course. I mean, anything that is, uh, passionate, that you're passionate about, anything that's close to your heart, I completely encourage you to just support that and stand by it. I mean, it's just simple. You don't even have to really, you know, join a huge organization or anything like that. It starts with you in your own community, just being kind to one another, being supportive of one another, and, and loving and respectful. I can't tell you how far that will go in life. <laughs> So just being able to do that and, um, you know, smile to the person next to you, smile to a stranger and make a new friend, make a new person feel welcome. I mean, there's so many things you can do to help your community and ultimately to help the world because if we were all kind, if we were all loving and respectful to one another, this world would be so different. So it, it starts with, with you and you can do it. Don't let anything hold you back. That is a beautiful note to end on. Allie, thank you so much for your time. We love Fifth Harmony on the Pop Shop Podcast so much and at Billboard, so it's a pleasure anytime we get to talk to you or any of your bandmates, so thank you. Oh, thank you so much. We appreciate it, and thank you so much for supporting the girls, and I means a lot. Thanks again to Allie Brooke from Fifth Harmony. All those Fifth Harmony girls are so lovely. Oh, my goodness. She was the sweetest. As you can tell from that interview, she's just, like, <laughs> so upbeat, 
she left it on such a positive note, wanting all the harmonizers to just smile their way through life. So I honestly feel like I want to be a better person after her talking to her. She's just I I need to I need to take whatever she's taking. <laughs> so it's just it's just, it's just love and happiness. <laughs> um, and I wasn't suggesting that she's taking anything. You know what I mean. <laughs> But I mean, uh, literally, like those girls are always so effervescent, so sweet, so, so positive. Nice. Um, and I, I don't know how they sleep. Yeah, I don't know if they do. Maybe do they? they don't. They probably don't. <laughs> um, Katie, do you know what time it is now? What time is it, Keith? It's time for the chart stat of the week. Yeah. This week in 1978, Barbara Streisand and Neil Diamond hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100 with their iconic duet. You don't bring me flowers. <laughs> the collaboration jumped to the top of the list dated December 2nd, 1978, marking the third number one for Streisand of so far five chart toppers and the third number one of three for Neil. The song had a rather famous origin story. Do you, Are you familiar with the story? I am not. Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> as the track actually started out as a solo recording by each singer... Diamond released his version in 1977 on his album, I'm Glad You're Here With Me Tonight. <laughs> I don't know why I'm saying it like that way. It's just like how like Neil... It requires that. It's how Neil might say it. <laughs> and Barbara released her version in early 1978 on her album, Songbird. Uh, radio station program director Gary Guthrie, then at WAKY in Louisville, Kentucky, mashed up the two solo recordings into a virtual duet. The station started playing it on the air, and it quickly took off in popularity. Other radio stations mimicked that idea and actually asked them, like, hey, do you have a copy that we can start playing? And it became this kind of viral sensation on airwaves back in the 70s. Uh, Soon after, Barbara and Neil got together to record an official duet version of the song, basically in response to the virtual version. I'm sure they were probably thinking, "Uh, hey, hey, maybe we could do our own version. Maybe something official. Perhaps maybe we, can... we should make money on this thing. <laughs> yeah, maybe we can make a little dough. <laughs> so they recorded their own version of the song, which was released in late 1978. It quickly shot to number one on the Hot 100 and was later nominated for Record of the Year at the Grammy Awards. Uh, also, they opened, I believe, the Grammy Awards that year with You Don't Bring Me Flowers. Oh, wow. I think, I, I'm not sure if it was the first time that uh, they performed it live, but it was like this big thing where like the, it was like a cold open. Yeah. And like like Barbara and Neil come out from either side uh. of the stage and they meet in the middle. Uh. And like, you know, Barbara touches Neil's face. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, you know, the, the fans go wild. And <laughs> it didn't win for Record of the Year, but it was still nominated. They still had a moment. Still had a moment. Uh, so anyway, there you go. That is your chart set of the week. This week in 1978, You Don't Bring Me Flowers. Hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100. I really Yay. love how the chart stat of the week gets you singing. Yeah. I very much enjoy that. <laughs> Anymore. <laughs> um, I saw Neil Diamond at the Hollywood Bowl. Oh, did you? This year. So I've good. never seen him live and I love him. He's, I don't know how I haven't seen him live. He's so good. Yeah, he's the best. He's so, so many good. songs. So many songs, so many hits. Have yeah. you ever seen Barbara live, though? I haven't. Would, and I'm obsessed with her voice. My would, mom loved her growing up. That would cost an arm and a leg to go to a Barbara Streisand show. I'm sure that's show. true. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. Um,. I think that's it for this uh, this week's show. Yeah, um, we'll be back next week as usual. 
Uh, Katie, do you have any parting words? I'll just be going to see when Neil Diamond is touring next so I can go see him. He just wrapped up a tour, I think, a few oh, months man. ago. Oh, man. Yeah. Ugh. Sorry. Missed it. Um, what, do you, what, what song should we go out on? I feel like I need to make it up to Enya, and so we should go out on Orinoca Flow, which I now know the title of. Uh, it's okay. I think a lot of people call it Sail Away. Okay. Because that's what people know. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. hopefully someone else has learned something today, just like I did. Yeah. We'll go out on <laughs> Orinoco Flow by Enya, and thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.